Hi, this is Sky, and you are listening to Look Up, I'm Here. I wanted to talk about, you know, the connection between Little Arab Girl and this, the transition. And the transition is basically the core relevance, the existence of being this Arab woman talking about her journal and her journeys and using the podcast as more so of an audio biography told by herself, Sky. And I'm trying to reach out audiences in various uh, manners. Like I want I want you to hear my story. I want people to take something from this. I want to explain certain things. I want to bring people to the lens of my vision, you know, where I experienced, what I've seen, how I felt. And you know, it's not ranting and raving. It's more just talking about the rationale versus the irrationale and to be logical versus the illogical. But this is coming from the transitional p- positions of my life. And, you know, ch- childhood, it was snippets of it in the Little Arab Girl. And so now this is this transition, you know, coming out of a Little Arab Girl, going into adolescent Arab Girl, teenage Arab Girl. And where, you know, puberty, questions and questions and no answers, you know. My parents never sat down with me and spoke to me about the birds and the bees. Parents never spoke to me about um, sex. You know, sex education was like a big thing back in the late 80s, early 90s. And when I was in junior high school, high school, and we had sex education courses, I was opt out. My parents were like, hell no, you know. Uh, When I got my menstrual, I was scared. I went to my mom and she just gave me a maxi pad, but she never really sat down and have a conversation with me and telling me how my body is going to change and how I'm supposed to feel, what I'm going to experience. So those are the things that, you know, little Arab girl was going through myself when I was a little girl where I had questions and I had no answers. Um, Now I'm becoming this teenager and going into this adolescent world and I'm just like, I have questions even more and there's no more answers. So, you know, and I feel like, you know, some immigrant parents and my parents that are immigrant, they came to this country to focus on providing and providing and giving and and living these to these expectations, these norms within from where they came from and try to like impose it and bring that fundamental at their home, but not realizing that there's going to be a social clash. There's going to be a clash of the, you know, this is the first generation, the second generation, and the needs and the wants and the demands are totally different than when our parents were children and back home. And when I say back home, it could just be from any parts of the world. Um, Cause they had to bring themselves, their true essence here to make this their home. But the struggles are, how do you infuse that? How do you bring that together? So, you know, broken family, parents couldn't see eye to eye, broke up, remarried, married, blended family. Now they have children. And as an, you know, their firstborn, their first generation, I had to help, you know, and I played a role in being the big sister to both sides and to both children that were brought up. And in addition to that, I had to like put my adolescence to the side, right? I didn't pay attention. I didn't understand how my body was changing. My appearance was changing. My academics was was lacking in, in areas, you know, my social um, social being was affected, you know, and it's also been, it was affected as of being a part of a family. I wanted to exclude myself because I didn't feel like I belonged. 
Um, so that was an issue. You know, I was struggling with the attention of getting my mom and my dad because I didn't understand why my parents divorced. I didn't understand, you know, the concept behind it. You know, when you want to put those two things together, the person that I am today as a single mother, the major decisions that I'm going to make in my life, I'm going to have a, a comprehensive conversation with my daughter and I'm going to sit there and have a conversation with her and explain to her why I'm making these major moves in my life because I understand the effect that it will cause on her. My parents then did not have that thought process, you know, the logic and the illogic part. They didn't understand that. They tried their best and I forever to this day love them and forgive them and only want only the best for them. I'm glad that they were they are my parents and they have been my parents. But a lot of things shaped me based on the questions that I have gone unanswered and I seek them from outside sources and outside areas. You know, my need to be seen and heard grew larger and it needed it and I couldn't fulfill it. School didn't fulfill it. You know, my home didn't fulfill it. My peers didn't fulfill it. So that also caused a, a, a drama, a, a crisis between myself because I didn't have my internal justification. What I felt was right or wrong, I couldn't explain it. I didn't understand it. So being a teenager or going through adolescence from my lens, my experiences, was very rough for me in addition to the social norms, in addition to the environment that I was in. And so that was the issue. Like, questions may be, high school was tough. My parents couldn't afford to buy me the name brand clothes. So I was made fun of. I was teased. Um, you know, I couldn't fit into certain cliques. You know, that you got the Hispanic clique, you got the black clique, you got the Indian clique, you got all these cliques and I just couldn't fit in because they didn't accept me, they didn't want me. And even like the Arab cliques in, in junior high school, going into high school, they didn't even accept me because I wasn't light enough, you know, or if I, I was too dark enough because some Arabs, you know, you got the Sudanese, you have the Serbians, you had the Lebanese, and we all had different type of skin textures, skin tones, I fit right in between because I looked more Indian than I looked more Arab. So therefore I should have been with the Arabs. But a lot of the Indians were Caribbeans and they were like, you know, I'm Guyanese and I'm Arab. Where's the connection besides the religion? Um, so high school was really tough for me. Um, growing up was really tough for me. I could not see tomorrow. I was able to see right now and the decisions that I made, they were very irrational. And I blame my age. I blame mis being misinformed. I blame being unheard and dismissed. Um, and there where I started to lie. And lying has bec became so easy for me. You know, lying to my dad about extra classes, lying to my stepmother to go into the store and stay in there longer, you know, lying to my friends about my existence and where I became, who I was, what culture I was. Um, it was a problem because I was seeking a need and I did not know how to fulfill that need. Was it right? No, but you know, at that age, it was right. It was for that moment. It was for me to survive. It was for me to get through that day or that week. So the transitions from a young teenager, you know, the, the challenges that I would go, was I was going through, I had no outlet. I had no sounding board. I had no guidance. I just had the parents to tell me what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And the friends, um, some of them were able to understand, some of them tried to understand. And it was just like, 
a stressful moment, the moment that my alarm went off for me to get ready for school to the moment I walk into the door and I put in my, put down my book bag. Um, you know, the attitude, the back talking, I just hated everyone. I was miserable within and I was fake when I was outside. So when I say the transition, I mean the transition it was like, I did and I had no support and how to be an adolescent. Everything was from watching 90210 or watching Full House and picking up little style areas, you know, from Full House. And I wanted to look like DJ and my hair and I wanted to wear shorts, but I wasn't allowed to. Um, you know, talking on the phone, that was also an issue. You know, sometimes my friends would call me and they want to talk about things over the phone. And I wasn't allowed to talk on the phone longer than 15, 20 minutes getting yelled at in the background because my dad was telling me that it was ab for a girl to be on the phone. And, you know, that word ab and haram, I think I probably mentioned it so many times in my last two episodes that that word ab and haram, it just became the social, the norm of what your parents are going to say and how they're going to say it and when they're going to say it. So it was just drama. Um, and drama from a 15, 14, 13, 12 year old, it was a big thing then. Um, today, I'm, I look back and I'm like, wow, I was never that parent. I allowed my daughter to express herself at age 12 and at age 13. And I like was supportive in that area for her fashion sense, her friends, a choice of friends, the extra activities. I wish my, my parents allowed me to take dancing or, or singing or some type of art scene-ness. Because to this day, I don't know what my creative juices and juices and my flows are, you know, and so this point, like, when I say transition, it's just a transition from where I was, how I grew up, where my adolescent slash teenage years took me and what I had to deal with and go through. And then I lost the essence of myself. Um, but then one day at age 15, 16, I met a boy and he basically changed my whole scope of things and how I saw things. Um, which is crazy because all you had to do is meet somebody on the D train, have a conversation with that person and how your whole life changes, your thought process changes, your irrationale shifts to rationale, you know, your illogic changes to logic. And so it tells you how 15, 16, and 17 years old, with all that baggage and that emotional trauma that, you know, going through between puberty, broken family, blended family, adolescence, your body, your appearance, the attention, you know, the need to be heard, the need to be seen, the internal justification where you're just trying to feel what's right and understand what's wrong. Losing sight of what's today for tomorrow, all you need is just that one person to tell you that you are the most beautiful thing in the world and gives you some t attention, listens to you so you're seen, hears you so you're heard, doesn't ask you any questions about your family or your broken family or, or your blended family, and it was just only focused on you. 15, 16, I fell in love, fell in love hard. I fell in love with an African-American boy. I fell in love with this guy who was dressed, 
fashionable who spoke like he was a rap artist who would pick me up from school and bring me a slice of pizza and ride this train with me back home to beat that timeline that my dad had me, my curfew. And it was a year worth of just attention, em empowerment, and soft-spoken words that kind of like blinded me emotionally, psychologically, to be like, he's the one. When yet today, I wish my parents taught me about things like that. You know, not falling for the first thing, first person's um, sweet words. You know, the things that we tell each other today as powerful women, you know, pay attention to the red flags, pay attention to this, do that. I was never allowed to understand that because it wasn't given to me in my transitional years, in my transition from being a little Arab girl with 100,000 questions to being this Arab teenager, being this Arab in, um, adolescent. I, didn't, I wasn't embraced in that area. So to me it was one person, one sweet word and boom, I'm there, I'm, I, I'm in it, you know, all, all hands on deck. And that path that I took, I was a rebel. I didn't care, I didn't think about it. I didn't feel about the emotional impact that I would cause my family. I thought on irrational and illogical moments of my life, and that's basically where the journey is going to take everyone. You know, flipping through these pages of my journal and using this podcast as my audio book. You know, it's storytelling from my mental journey, my emotional journey, you know, my experience journey, the journey that I had to take as fight or flight, the hustle. You know, and anyone asked me today, would you ever, you know, if your parents were any different, would you, you know, turn the clock back and start all over? And the first thing I say is no, I wouldn't be who I am today if I ever turned the clock back. So I met this one guy and my life took the turn of experiences, of the emotional roller coaster, psychological roller coaster, physical roller coaster. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's more so being proud of to say I was able to come out of this as a warrior, you know, someone that can lead a tribe. And my transition, and when I call this the transition, it's just going from little Arab girl with questions that, are, that went unanswered to now this adult who finds these answers, who knows these answers, who can predict the outcome, who can come up with resolutions ad hoc. And so when we transition now and walk into these excursions of my personal journeys, you're gonna actually understand and see that this Arab girl from Brooklyn, New York City is triumph. She held it down, she took care of her situation and everyone that she's met in her path, she either touched them or they taught her something that she was able to take on. So thank you so much for listening. Appreciate your attendance. <laughs> I'll see you at the next excursion and we're gonna just take a ride.
Talk to you later.